It's an unavoidable part of the American business landscape. If you want to start a business, you're going to need some seed money. I'm your host, Caroline Marcello, and on today's podcast, Venture Capital Comes to Acadiana. My guest today is Skip Boudreau of Acadian Capital Ventures, and we're going to find out how venture capital could transform Acadiana, now on 10 Talks Acadiana. 10 Talks Acadiana, the podcast powered by KLFY.com. At Go Auto, we know car insurance can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be. Go Auto helps you save more money on car insurance. Call 888-566-5505 to get your free quote. So how do we do it? Well, that's easy. We have no commission agents, no expensive add-ons, low down payments. You can customize your payment plan and you choose your payment date. We've lowered rates in your area. So call 888-566-5505. Go online at GoAutoInsurance.com. Come by or you can download our app to get your free quote and start saving today. Welcome into 10 Talks Acadiana. I am Caroline Marcello, and today we are joined with Skip Boudreau. He is from Acadian Capital Ventures. It is the first of its kind seed stage venture capital firm here in Acadiana. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, absolutely. So we are here to talk about the kind of businesses that you guys want to invest in and what you see for the future of Acadiana. But we also want to talk about your firm because it is the first of its kind here in Acadiana. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, so uh, you got it all right. You nailed it. So we are the first uh, traditional venture capital firm here in Acadiana. Um, we were kind of talking earlier, but like the, the history of venture capital, right? Yes. So like at the beginning, so um, back in the day, 18th century in America, people heated and cooled their homes with the most affordable form of energy that they had. Do you know what it is now? I learned whale fat? Whale oil. Whale oil, there we right. go. <laughs> so what they would do is whale oil was like crazy profitable. Right. It was also like super dangerous, right? Going out there. So. New Bedford, Massachusetts, I'm not a historian, but they sent out, it was like 787 ships that went out there, right? Of those, like 272 uh, were like destroyed, sank, caught on fire, think like Moby Dick, like really, really, really dangerous, think like like deadliest catch type right. of stuff. And so even then the returns were still like 60% year over year. And so naturally wealthy families want to get involved in the whale oil, um, you know, mining but right. like going out and, and chasing the pods but they know nothing about whaling right um so what they would do and they didn't want to go out outfit a ship uh recruit a captain recruit a crew try to figure out where to send it and then if it gets sunk you're done right so that's where these agents came in right so these agents are kind of middlemen they know uh, all the captains they know all the crew they follow the whale pods they know the um you know the most uh up-to-date uh, technology and the, um, the harpoons and the whole everything. So what they would do is they'd go get all these wealthy families money, put it together in one pot, and they would set up a whole bunch of different whaling expeditions, right? So that way, if one goes down, no right. big deal, it's right. diversified out. And so because, you know, if one boat comes back with just all this whale oil, they make a killing and then you spread out to the family and that's kind of the beginning of venture capital in America. How wild. So what has it turned into today? Because as I was reading articles, like you said, it's kind of hard to go out there and find money. You either have to 
be connected or like you said know some country club people yep. like it, it's not easy to go out there and say hey i have an idea i want to make it happen yeah so so from there uh it, it kind of like tinkered around a bit um in its traditional form you had like uh american research development corporation in like boston right and, and so they were actually kind of like the first true venture firm and then in silicon valley you know having like draper gaithier anderson but they started to become um oh what's the word i'm looking for uh uh clusters right so in silicon valley they cluster around uh you know silicon manufacturing right up in boston it was very tech heavy at the beginning with like mit and then it became more of like a medical hub and clustering right and so we've had our own venture capital here too for a while so in the same same example think of like oil and gas wildcatting back in the 50s right you drill a well right seven out of ten it's going to be a dry hole back in the 50s and then uh you know the th the ones that hit pay for the ones that don't so you drill ten wells seven don't hit three do and they more than pay for the rest well you don't just drill one well you drill 10 or 20. right um and so we have that mindset here and we have different clusters but what's ended up happening is a lot of the capital ended up clustering around the coasts right and so whenever you have companies that are in the middle of the country or the flyover states they don't have access to that capital and so that's what we're trying to provide how cool so you made your first investment you yep. you chose your first company yep. let's talk a little bit about yellowbird and and why you chose them yeah so we were i mean we've invested in companies uh you know geez for the past five six years through you know other entities in our in our work um, but yellowbird was the first investment in our fund um uh, the Canadian angels which i think we'll get to invested in them um, several other investors that I represent invested in them and it got to the point where, um, you know, we saw them, they were oversubscribed and, uh, you know, we were just tired of like sitting, waiting, you know, and not being able to deploy. So we pulled the trigger and we invested in them. They're a great company. Um, they do uh, EHS, uh, kind of that gig economy. Um, talent marketplace. I'm right. Curious. I read that they connect businesses with safety professionals nationwide. Yeah. So, so pretty all right. cool. All right. In a nutshell, in a nutshell <laughs> you run a petrochemical plant, right? Right. And you have a particular project where you need to do some welding. Um, uh, but why you do that because of OSHA and safety and, and, and um, you know, just other regulations, you have to have someone there who knows uh, the job safety requirements of it, knows about it in petrochemical facilities right. and welding. And it doesn't make sense for you to have that person on staff because you're only doing this one project. So if you go to a place like, you know, Yellowbird, um, you're able to get those professionals kind of on a one-off basis to come and do uh, the work. How so, neat. So also like um, insurance companies will hire them to do, uh, you know, like mock audits or insurance audits of facilities and businesses, you know, kind of away from corporate structure. Very, very cool. Yeah. So that is Yellowbird. And I know we touched on Acadiana Angels earlier. Mm -hmm. Y'all have been in the community for almost five years. If I'm getting this right, you helped 15 local entrepreneurs and that's almost $3 million. That sounds right. Sounds right. Those, <laughs> sounds those right. sound right. That's a, a five years. That's a lot of work. Yeah. And 
I believe our investment number is higher than that. Oh, but I don't, I'll have to get Thomas you. to check it. All right. Well, we'll um, make sure we get that right. Yeah, but yeah. I thought it was cool because something borrowed blooms is yeah. a, uh, is a place that I visited, yeah. and after they got their um, big win in New Orleans at uh -huh. Entrepreneur Week, and saw that's one of your people. So yeah. talk about um, Acadiana Angels, and since y'all been in the community so long, and you know. That's kind of where you start. You're not just you just didn't come to Acadiana and no, open a vision capital firm. No. You've been working in the community for yes, years. Yeah. So uh, first off, Lauren and Lakin are awesome <laughs> rock stars, right? So like they're fundable no matter where they are. They just happen to be in our backyard, which is kind of the point I'm I'm, I'm trying to make. Like there are companies in uh, you know different parts of the of the country that are super fundable. They're incredible business women, businessmen. Uh, that just don't have access to funding. So I, I guess kind of to, to go back. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Around, but they're awesome. God, I love those women. They, they're, they're they really are. And they, I, I was in that facility. They run a tight ship. They, oh, yeah. it's, it's cool to see. Uh, I think uh, Adam Daigle put out an article this weekend and uh, kind of released information. They're building another like 10,000 square foot facility. Right. On the side of it. I know. I heard like congrats to them. Like so out of the go seats. Google something borrowed blooms if you don't know what it is. It's yes, a really cool yes, company yes, yes. out of Lafayette. Um, I lost my I'm sorry. We were talking about Acadiana <laughs> Angels <laughs> yes, and all yes, of yes, the yes. 50, uh, about 15 local entrepreneurs y'all helped right. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Acadiana Angels started as the brainchild. Uh, I think you, you know uh, Pete Prado, Rick Fontova, Alan Abair, Jess Five. I'm kind of missing some of those those guys, but they got together. Um, it was an initiative under um, the Community Foundation to begin with, and it was specifically for this point, right, to to try to give access to capital to local entrepreneurs. And so while our investments aren't only in you know, Lafayette-based or Louisiana-based companies, we give preference to them, um, but just because of the sheer, you know, nature of how many deals we're looking at, we have to look outside. Definitely, and something that we need to mention, y'all also give preference to women and people yeah. uh, of color, and yep. you you want to have a diverse client base, right? Yes. That's important to you guys. Yeah, so it, it's, it's, it kind of goes backwards, right? So uh, if you invest in, all right, let me just, businesses that are women and minority led have a higher ROI than your average white male founder, right? And it, I, I'm not sure what the case is, but that's math. And so the idea is if you end up wanting to um, allocate more capital to women and minorities, you have to start having women and minority representation on your investor side, right? Because people invest in what they know and what they like. Um, and what they're familiar with. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, the way an angel network works is we have uh, you know a whole bunch of accredited investors, and these are people from all different types of backgrounds. You have uh, doctors, lawyers, guys who made money in, in tech, um, people in uh, you know plastics manufacturing, people in um, geez, I'm, I just uh, uh, finance, just just all over the place, right? And so whenever you, uh, banking, whenever you have a company that comes in. Um, and it doesn't really speak to these investors. Well, those those companies, even though they're good companies, may not get uh, you know uh, the capital. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, we looked at a company. This is one of my favorites. They're called Pet Crew out of New Orleans. Um, rock star uh, entrepreneur Allison, and um, the company. Uh, provides, uh, they do costumes for dogs, for pets. Love right? that. Yeah, <laughs> it's phenomenal. They do, um, they have licensing with like uh, um, 
uh, Sesame Street and a bunch of oh, collegiate cool. whatnot. Yeah. It's wonderful. And so, yeah, I bring it to the group and then it's, oh, well, I don't know. Does anyone dress up their dogs? And I'm going, guys. The whole, yeah, you have a whole market like, you're stop. missing. <laughs> go home, talk to your wives, talk to your grandkids and right. ask them about this. Then they come back and they go, whoa, this market's huge. And I go, right. I know. And we ended up investing in her. And um, it's a wonderful company. She's blowing it out the water. Uh, but that's whenever we kind of realized, like, we need to get more women in here. We need to get more minorities in here. Um, you know, so that way we can fund those types of companies. I love it. Different perspectives make that's all it. the difference. Yeah. So your vision for Acadiana, what do you see in the future for our community? I know you're probably an optimistic guy and oh, geez. I know that's a loaded question, but I know there's so much momentum or at least that's what I feel and what I see. Is yeah. that something that you can relate to? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a loaded question. It's just, <laughs> I, I, I could go on it for a while. Um, Go on like, as long as you want. From like a, like an economic development kind of standpoint, I think we always have like this like wildcatter mentality, you know, like going gas of like we're entrepreneurs, we can do it, we can do it and build it. Um, we have good resources for them, like the opportunity machines to kind of you know to help them build up the and, and learn the skills needed. Um, the capital is now in place, right? We're we're here providing it. The university is churning out tons of talent, right? Um, but for some reason, uh, you know, that talent's leaving. And so if we can convince them to stay here and build their business here or come back after you've acquired skills and come here, I think that's the goal. Um, and, and so, you know, whenever you look at like what, what Lee and them are doing, I think it's fantastic. They're running Lafayette like a business. You have to. So you have a make versus build, uh, a buy versus build, you know, decision to make. When we want jobs, do we go out and buy jobs with subsidies and uh, you know different tax incentives? And the answer is, yeah, we should at times because it it provides um, you know tax revenue and, and payroll revenue back into the uh, the community. But also, we should do build. So let's build businesses. You know that once they become large, they won't leave like yeah. a LHC or a Stuller, you know, or, or Schumacher, like like all these big businesses. We can do both, and so. I'm just kind of focusing on the, the, the building, um, but I, I love that Greg and them were able to focus on the buying because I know nothing about that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, to each their own strength. I know when we walked in to do this, I was like, look, Skip, I am so nervous. <laughs> I am not going to even pretend like I'm a financial gal, but learning so much from you is just awesome. And I guess my last question for you is people who have an idea, and I know you already mentioned the opportunity machine, but for those who, yeah, have this idea and, and don't know what to do with it or don't know where to take it, what's your recommendation? Yeah, so if you're local, I always say go to the Opportunity Machine and, and, and get it sorted. And so Opportunity Machine is wonderful at helping you figure out uh, what your business model should be and, and really kind of form the foundation of, of what you're doing. Um, once you get to the point where you need to, you know, um, you, you figure out what you want to do, you have your business model, um, then my, my one recommendation is like try to go get sales, yeah. right? Sell it. Um, go out, figure out who your customer is and go talk to people. Uh, don't try to like hide your idea and wait for it to be done. Um, Cause if you're not embarrassed by your first product, like you, you release too late. So go out, talk to businesses or talk to customers. Cause they're going to let you know, they're going to say, oh yeah, I know you think I want all this, but I really want that piece. Like that's super important to me. And you might've built that as an afterthought. And it's about trying to find product market fit. Once you have product market fit, then you have something special. 
And then from there, that's fundable, and that's what you can go and And that's when they come to you. That's it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Skip, thank you so much for the time and all of the information. I I love talking to people in Acadiana like you who just have a passion for this area and want to see it do do great things. So I appreciate it, and we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for the time. Yeah, you got it. Temperatures are rising, and the deals are hot at Sterling Buick GMC in Opelousas. Take 5000 off the MSRP on a new 2021 Buick Encore GX. View all the great deals and start your shopping online at sterlingbuickgmc.com. Offer expires June 30th, 2021. 10 Talks Acadiana. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A Star Media production.